Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Privacy, the podcast that looks at some of the most well-known movies and puts it under the data privacy microscope. My name is William Moore and with me today is Sarah Moss. Hi. And we are both privacy and data associates at Shoesmiths. In this episode, we will be looking at the movie Elf. Now, I think we start the podcast with the shocking revelation, don't we? It's quite, when I said, oh, do you want to do this podcast? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, we'll watch, the, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the movie Elf. I had no idea. You'd never seen it. I know, which is quite shocking given that Christmas is my favourite time of the year. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm a traditionalist, so I stick to my tried and tested Christmas movies. and I was, I've never made room for the newer ones. But I'm pleased I did. I've seen the film and I loved it. So it's now one of my favourites now going forward. So I think, yeah, this is a win-win for me. Okay, I'm going to have to test you then. So can you give me, a, and very briefly, a summary of what, what the movie's about? Yes. So um, Buddy is a human, but he is adopted by the elves. Um, and he, yeah, he starts as an elf in Santa's workshop. And then he decides that he wants to go and find his uh, human family. So he goes off into... The human world of New York City um, at, to find his dad Walter, who gets uh, yeah quite the surprise when he realizes that Buddy is his child. So. Okay, well, I mean that's a, that's the perfect summary, isn't it? That's exactly what happens. Obviously, there's a bit more um, uh, that we are going to be discussing, but from a privacy angle on this. I know. Who would have thought that there were so many privacy elements in uh, in Elf? This is what we're discovering with all these movies, isn't it? There's always these privacy elements. So. One of the things we're going to start with is, does the GDPR, that's the EU-UK, so we'll just call it the GDPR, apply to Santa at all? Yeah. Um, well, I think, to me, the answer is definitely yes, um, because if you think about it, he's uh, definitely collecting personal data. His business is around collecting names of individuals. You know, uh, We know from the movie he has a naughty and nice list um, about those individuals. He knows what um, what presence everybody wants um so he's certainly collecting personal data um and then the other element of it is he even though his business is um established in the north pole as we see that's where the elves workshop is um he's offering his goods and services to individuals in the eu the uk um and he's also monitoring them because like i mentioned this naughty and nice list he has to do a bit of uh, continuous monitoring there to make sure people are behaving themselves all year yeah, so he's he's got the EU and UK GDPR, you know, he's got to comply with that. And let's not forget probably every other um, data privacy law across the world as he crosses over and collects personal data. So he's got to have to have a serious data protection department at the workshop just to cover him as himself off. Definitely. I, I did wonder if uh, Papa Elf was um, doubling as his DPO, but... Bosch, that, it doesn't mention that in the movie. That would be a good question. We should have asked the director. <laughs> yeah. Could have said, is this, is this his function? Um, okay, so we know that there's, there's clearly processing of personal data. And do we think it's high risk? Um, again, I think it is high risk. Um, and I think that's mainly because if you think about it, it's the sheer volume um, and geographic location of all the data subjects it's everybody in the uk and eu so i think it meets that criteria of being high risk because it has its large-scale processing i mean there's i don't know if there's anyone else doing more large-scale processing in the world i think he would top the amazons and the facebook's you know, he would be probably the largest processor of personal data in the world. I, I think that's it. I think it's pretty much as big as it gets in terms of uh, yeah, geographic scope there. So the risk of fines would be pretty big. I imagine the regulators would be looking at that, the, the largest processor of personal data <laughs> and be thinking, 
this is someone we're going to target if you get it wrong. Yes. Yeah. And I imagine those people uh, would probably be on the naughty list, possibly, of Santa if that were to happen. That's a good point, how to get vengeance. <laughs> or he could sweeten the deal, couldn't he? Yeah. He'd be like, here you go, if, you know, reduce the fine, maybe you get better <laughs> presents this year. Yeah. But I would say it's um, large scale and, and therefore, you know, to make sure that um, his uh, business is protected, he should definitely be doing a DPIA, um, or I should say a data protection impact assessment um, in the first instance to kind of work out what he needs to do to ensure that he's compliant. And so just so the, the listeners, could you tell people what so DPIA does or its function is? Yeah, so a DPIA is fundamentally uh, a documented um, assessment to of a project. Um, and you sh- ideally, you should be doing a DPIA before you start the project um, because its purpose really is to work out what are the risks um, of this project in terms of the processing of personal data? Um, and once those risks are identified, it's then how can we mitigate those risks? So really important if you're um, if you're sort of in a high risk processing um, arena. Yeah. And I think one of the, the big ones that we'd expect to sort of minimize the risk would be putting in security measures and technical organizational measures to protect the vast array of personal data which we, we, in order to understand if it's naughty and nice, it's going to be, you know, monitoring those those adults and children um, throughout throughout the year. You know, we know that from the movie, Buddy's dad, Walter, he's on the naughty list. Therefore, he knows what he's been up to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, technical um, organizational security measures are, are super important when you're thinking about mitigating risk. And I think as we can see from the film, I'm not entirely sure Santa has those in place because, you know, um, I'm sure many people who are listening have seen this film and as they, and if so, they'll know that uh, Sander has a book um, in his workshop, which is the Naughty and Nice list. Um, but actually, if you think about it, that is just in the workshop with no, you know, no security controls around it. Anybody can read that list. Anybody can steal that list, the book. Um, and, you know, that is a risk. I'm not sure that that's entirely compliant. I'm not sure that every elf necessarily should have access to that list. Um, so, yeah, that is something if I were advising Santa, I would be advising um, Santa to look at these security measures. Um, because actually, if we go to the end of the film, and I don't want to give any spoilers away here, but at the end of the film, Michael, um, who is one of the children in the film, he actually steals that book for, you know, for a good purpose, but he does steal that book away from Santa. And then he goes on national television and starts reading um, aloud the lists of presents and who they are for and, you know, are they on the naughty and nighty list? But that's that's a disclosure of the personal data, um, which is unauthorized. So, you know, that is personal data breach territory. Yeah, so we, we do actually see in the movie a personal data breach. Yeah. We now, you know, we think it's, cute and, and wonderful that he's sort of trying to make everyone believe in Santa in order to get the sleigh to fly. And he has to sort of reveal these secrets um, about people's behavior and their and whether what they want, um, which we would probably say is a data breach. Yeah, I definitely think it is a data breach. And, you know, then that's as, as the data controller of this data, Santa then has to make an assessment like, is this, do we think it's a risk to those individuals whose data has been disclosed and you know if it is a risk is it high risk so that's something that santa would need to um that's an assessment santa would need to be making 
Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? It's because it's just because it's a data breach doesn't mean that we'd have to notify the data subjects. We wouldn't have to necessarily notify notify the supervisory authority. There are thresholds to me. Exactly. And, you know, we were discussing this beforehand and saying, would this result in a risk to the rights and, and freedoms of individuals? And, and we, we were not sure if it, if it would. Yeah, I think the based on the information that he released, um, I don't think, I think it's at least arguable to say that there's no risk to those individuals. It didn't seem to meet that threshold. But I do think if he'd read more information um, from the naughty list and identified more individuals, that potentially could have raised the risk level. And, you know, Santa could have been in a position where he was um, having to make a disclosure to the ICO, um, which would have been a nightmare around Christmas to deal with because you've only got 72 hours to deal with that. So... Yeah, best. I, my recommendation would be for Santa to really be looking at these security measures to make sure, yeah, to make to avoid any personal data breaches. Because one of the things that they they determine whether it's sort of the risk of, you know, to the the rights and freedoms of individuals is damage to reputation, mm-hmm. and whether we think someone being identified as being on the naughty list would be a damage to someone's reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would, wouldn't it? It shows that you've been monitored. Santa has made the assessment that you're naughty, and therefore, if I found out, if, if people found out that uh, you know I was on the naughty list, then there would clearly be a damage to my reputation. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a definite risk there. So we've got to know that, even though in the film we think maybe because they're on the nice list, we don't think it would be reportable to both mm-hmm. the data subject and supervisor authority. In another scenario. It could be, should it be revealing who's on the naughty list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just that you sort of see these things and you don't you don't realise, you know, the potential of the of the difference between the naughty and the nice list. Exactly. And that's why it's really important to, you know, to consider the facts of every breach because it can it, it, you know, whether you have to report it or not really depends on the facts. So it's a great example of that. Well, I hope that people, when they watch the film this Christmas, are going to be looking through it and going and telling their family, I think I've just seen a personal data breach, or I think Santa isn't isn't providing any security for his naughty and nice list. Hey, you definitely watch it with a different lens when you're watching it from a privacy lens, I can tell you that. Well, that has been a brilliant breakdown of, of Elf, the movie, and Santa's data privacy woes. Yeah. And uh, so thank you very much for coming on to this podcast series uh, episode and um, I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in and uh, I hope you have a a very Merry Christmas and uh, we look forward to you tuning in for the next episode. Thanks very much.